Nah, I been smoking. You been smoking? We been smoking all day. I be smoking. You been smoking? We been smoking all day. You be smoking. She be smoking. He be smoking okay. all day. Blowing kush. It ain't free right. from overseas to the USA. I got that blue. Every and action. What's up, everybody? It's Tony Tone. Back with you with episode 14 of Snurbage, the podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you've never joined Snurbage, the podcast before, welcome. God damn it, welcome. What we do on this show is I smoke weed and talk about stuff. Sometimes I have guests, sometimes I don't. Most of the time I don't. But uh, yeah, uh, if you like the music that you just heard, it's from a guy named Young Stone. It's on YouTube. I be smoking. Links down below. If you like the artwork from Snurbage the Podcast, you can check out Sheldon Starr. He's my artistic creator for the show, um, for the artwork and such. And Sheldon has all of his information down below in the description as well. So yeah, it's been a while. I haven't I haven't done this in about a week or two. So um, it's been it's been a week or two. You know, it's been fucking. Fucking weather's been nuts, and everybody's going nuts out there, and all sorts of fucking shit, man. Just been working a lot. That's pretty much it. Just been working a lot. But today, I am smoking some uh, some new stuff that I have never smoked before. Just got back from the dispensary, and this one's called Mad Max Fury Toad. I have no idea why they call it that, but we're going to... We're gonna smoke some smoke some snurbage together here, and and if you've never joined before, that's one of the things I like doing. I like smoking on this because it gives people who are lonely lonely smokers somebody to smoke with. Move my chair up. There we go. Yeah, so you know, it. I, I hate you know hearing that people have to smoke alone. So let's smoke some weed together. Mad Max Fury Toad. Excuse me. Let's give it a shot. See how this tastes. <coughs> Ooh, that's got a nice aftertaste to it. Real. God, dude, that's... That's sweaty stuff. It's just dripping with ooze. Oozy goodness. Fury Toad. God, dude. So it's like league season. I, I work at a bowling alley. It's like fucking league season. And God, I fucking hate league season, dude. And it's like tournaments and stuff are going on right now and everything. And I'm just, I'm so fucking over it already, dude. <laughs> like for real. I'm so over it already. These guys are so fucking just, you know, my God, man. They're so fucking serious about it. And it's like, you know, when did this, you know, you guys are like, you know, when did this turn into not just a game to have fun? Like, these guys aren't there to have fun. Like, 20% of the people that go down there are there to have fun when it comes to leagues and stuff like that. But the rest of them are just fucking pricks about it, dude. And they get into fights and like hit the fucking machines and and come up and chew our asses and shit. And it's just like, you know, Jesus, man. They wonder why I, like, really don't dig on 
bowling because you guys are fucking ridiculous. I don't want to bowl with any of you people. And they sound like stereotypical like Italians when they hit or miss a shot. It's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, you know, fucking Jesus, shut up. My God, tournament bowlers, dude, I tell you. Last year around this time was my first time I ever walked into a bowling alley where there was like 150 people watching two guys bowl. And they're just, God, dude, they're super serial about it. Super serial about it. So serial about it that there's a kid 100 feet away. The whole place is silent. Guys lining up his shot. And the kid slurps his soda. You know, it's the bottom of the soda and stuff. This guy, like, looks over at this kid, gives him the worst fucking look on the planet, and then fucking, like, looks back, lines up his shot. It's like, dude, bowl your fucking game. Throw your fucking ball. And then I find out how much the fucking take is, 1,500 bucks. 1,500, I piss 1,500 fucking bucks, dude. Jesus Christ, 1,500 bucks, and you guys are all like, about this shit? Fuck you. Fucking bowlers. (laughs) Sorry. They're so ridiculous, man. Like a little kid. He slipped his soda. So the fuck what? They told me to turn the music down or turn it off. Turn the TVs off. Do all this shit. Oh, I can't bowl like this. Fuck you, bro. It's a fucking game. It's a fucking game. And that's that's the thing. That's the thing that, you know, that like, I, I can't separate it, man. You know, like you, get, you got this game, okay? And, okay, what's what's the point of the game? Well, we set up all these things, then you throw a ball down this little chute, and you see how many of the things you can knock down. Okay. It's, it's the equivalent to me of, like, watching somebody fucking get pissed off at a Hungry Hungry Hippos game and, like, flip the fucking board over and, like, stomp out. It's like, if you saw somebody do that, man, you'd be like, dude, it's a game, bro. Or the people like throw their controllers at their t- at the TV when they you know miss a fucking zombie on Call of Duty or something, dude. Chill the fuck out. That's why I want to see a fucking I want to see a tournament. Ten thousand dollar fucking prize for the winner. Ten thousand dollars. Okay, that's something to fucking shake a stick at. But to piss them off, and I would do it just to piss them off too, man. Is I would fucking I'd be like, okay, ten thousand dollar purse. You have to use alley balls. You can't bring all your fucking $600, $700 fucking balls in. Alley balls, dude. Alley balls. We're not going to oil shit. The oil's going to be exactly what it was fucking last night when we had open bowling and shit like that. The music's going to be fucking blaring. We're going to turn the lights off. It's going to be fucking disco balls and shit like that. Alley balls, alley shoes. Fuck it. Single ball fucking tournament, dude. Fuck you and all your goddamn fucking hoity-toity, holier-than-art-thou fucking bowling shit. Fuck you. I'm sorry. It's just, it's so ridiculous to me how these people treat, they, they treat us like shit, the people that run the place, the people that fucking fix the machines, you know, the people that are making sure that they have machines to play on and shit like that, they're fucking screaming at them about stupid shit. They're screaming at open bowlers, screaming at me about open bowlers and stuff. They shouldn't be bowling in here when we're bowling in here. Fuck you bro god damn man people are fucking stupid especially when it comes to sports that's why i'm just like jesus christ go sports you know i guess i'm actually kind of looking forward to the super bowl on sunday though because a i don't have to work it thank god 
and B, the Bengals are in it. And like that's like all that that's always they've always been my throwaway team where it's like, oh, if the Bengals are going, well, you gotta go for the Bengals. They suck. So it's like, hell yeah, dude. Fucking go Bengals, man. Mad Max Fury Toad. Witness. Witness me. <laughs> <laughs> Witness me, blood bag. Oh. But no, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, seeing the Bengals play. I actually have a bet going with a buddy of mine. Um, so if I win, I get 150 bucks. But if I lose, I got odds on it. So if I lose, I only have to pay him 40 <coughs> But no, dude. Fucking Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, and two, I don't know their names, two... Um, hearing impaired rappers it's gonna be fucking awesome dude can't wait like uh, to watch snoop dog i hope he burns i hope that fucking stage is made of weed and he comes in there and burns the entire fucking thing to the ground on live tv and gets the entire fucking stadium completely blitzed out of their fucking minds like, I think it's so cool that we're going to have pretty much the biggest fucking pothead on the planet besides Seth Rogen and Willie Nelson and Tommy Chong up on stage, Super Bowl halftime show, family family event. Oh, I love chaos and our anarchy, man. I love it. I love it so much. So, yeah. It, what really sucks is, like, you know, Snoop's last fucking big song was Big Subwoofer with fucking... E42 short and Ice Cube, Mount fucking Westmore, dude. I've talked about it on this podcast. Mount fucking Westmore, dude. But they're not going to be there, so I'm not going to hear big, big subwoofer. Fucking, I love that fucking song, dude. But now, no, like, I, I saw that, like, everybody's giving the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a bunch of shit because Eminem's um, being given a, being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and stuff. And, like, I don't of course, you have to have all the racist fucking idiots out there that, you know, come in and and not even racist. I mean, I guess music, you know, can you be racist with music? I'm sure you can. But they're like, he's not even fucking rock and roll and blah, 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 and all this shit and everything. And it's like, dude, do you have any idea how many fucking people have been nominated and or uh, uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that weren't rock and roll? I couldn't name any right now because I really don't follow that shit. But I mean, dude, give the guy props where props is deserved, man. You know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame years ago really just kind of skewed away from, hey, we're not just going to do rock and roll here. You know, I, I think that they kind of stay away from country a little bit because the co country people have their own thing for that. But I mean, dude, Eminem has done rock. You know, he has been on on rock songs and shit and. I mean, Eminem is clearly one of the biggest fucking entertainers, rappers, artists, uh, you know, of my time. And so, God, dude, give the guy props where props is due, man. Eminem is the GOAT. Like, Eminem was great, is great. He's an, he's an amazing fucking artist. The only thing that sucks about Eminem in my eyes is that he opened the door for a lot of these like white boy gangster wannabes and shit like that, that fucking roll around there in their thirties and forties. And they still look like Jeff Lowe from tiger King and shit, you know, like just 
like the Fred Durst's, you know, just the white boy. Yeah, boy. If you've never seen the Onion movie, um, there's there's a news article, uh, news place out there called The Onion, and it's fake news. You know, Jesus Christ returns to the NBA. My favorite Onion article of all time was um, it was written from the perspective of a ferret. And the name of the art, like the heading of the article was something like, I hate my filthy fucking stinking hippie owner. And it's just like, it's all about this ferret and how fucking tough of a life he has because his fucking owner like spills his bong water on him all the time and shit. But um, no, The Onion made a movie back in like 2007, 2009, something like that. Very underrated movie. Super fucking funny. Um, and uh, there's a there's a skit in there where you know, these like geeks are like hanging out in front of a, a gas station. Then all of a sudden, like a fucking Escalade pulls up and it's just bumping fucking beats and shit. And this dude gets out. He's like, what, what's up, oh boy? Yo, what's up, boy? And fucking he's white as shit. And, uh, and he's sitting there just like, oh, man, we was listening to some fu- some fucking fat beats breaking off some endo smoke. You were smoking with real black people. No, but they had we were blasting some mega hard beats, son, and shit, just like going off about it and everything. All of a sudden, the cops come up and they're like, "Oh, we found that black male that robbed the gas station earlier. Oh, <laughs> stole the car. I don't know. Like, oh, we found here's the black male that that stole the car earlier or something like that." He's like, all of a sudden, he's like, "Wait, no, I, I'm I'm white. I'm not black." And they're like. Shut your mouth, chocolate. <laughs> shit. They're just like giving them a whole bunch of shit. Like cops would really give black people, but they're giving it to a white guy. He goes to court and he gets fucking the max and everything. And it's just, it's great because, I mean, it's it's a comment on our society and how fucking idiotic it is how um, black people are just, okay. So a, a few years ago, it was like 2018 or something. I used to work at a bar, and everybody that worked at that bar, we were all friends and everything. Hold on, I'm going to Fury Toad style. But we all we were all friends. We all hung up, hung out upstairs at uh, upstairs from the bar at our buddy, you know, buddy that worked there's fucking uh, apartment and stuff, and smoked weed. Just it, we were we were a good crew, man. <coughs> well, one weekend, all of a sudden. A lot of us were in the same place at the same time. We were all in, in town. And so we all got together. And we have a buddy, a buddy of ours that was that was that was in town too. And his name is Bertie. And Bertie's black. He's a black guy. Okay. So we go out. Night one. Bertie's not there. Okay. It's a Friday night. We go down to the bar that we used to work at, of course, you know. We proceed to, you know, have have fun and everything. And then we leave the bar in my friend's car. And all of a sudden, fucking Cherry's in the, in the fucking rear view. Cop pulls us over. She's, our friend hasn't been drinking at all, the girl that was driving and stuff. And, okay, you know, have a nice night, guys. You know, peace out. Bye. Took us all of five minutes and the cops let us on our way. Next night. Same scenario, different car, different person driving it, but it was the same scenario. This time, Birdie's with us. They pull us over. Same scenario. Driver's not drunk. The rest of us are, but the driver's not drunk. And all of a sudden, 
they're asking us multiple questions. They got the light on Birdie's face. They're fucking pulling people out of the vehicle, patting people down, searching the fucking vehicle. Didn't find shit. But it was just, it was very, very interesting, you know, how stupid it is that they immediately look at a black guy and, and Birdie is like the calmest, gentlest, nicest fucking guy you've ever met in your life, man. And it, yeah, and it's just, it's fucking stupid, man. It's fucking stupid. And so, yeah, of course you have, you know, the, 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 the people fucking giving Eminem shit and, you know, and everything they, you know, cause I'm guessing that he's kind of hated on both sides a little bit, you know, like half and half, half of the white people don't like him because he's fucking, he's, he's singing them black people songs, but then the other, you know, and then half of black people maybe don't like him because fuck this white guy, you know, but there are plenty of people out there on both sides of all genres and mixes and skin colors and and ethnicity, ethnicities and everything like that that think that guy is an amazing artist. Doesn't matter what color his fucking skin is. He's an amazing artist. And, you know, he deserves it. You know, and if people like Dr. Dre and Snoop and you know, all these guys aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I don't know. I don't know if they are or not. They fucking should be. They, and they should have been a lot fucking earlier than Eminem. So, I don't know. If, if we're talking about, you know, a broad range of musical talent, whether it be rock or pop or R&B, rap, you know, whatever, if if we're going along those lines, then yeah, those guys fucking definitely deserve to be in it, man. Because they pioneered shit. You know, Sugar Hill Gang should fucking be in there. You know, there's a lot of fucking people back in the day. Fucking end up, every single fucking member and the band of NWA should be in there. Fucking Ice T should be in there. LL Cool J should be in there. Fucking Buster Rhymes, woo ha! You know, you know. So yeah. I just, I don't get why everybody, there's just so much hate, man. Everybody, everybody just has to hate on everything, you know, whether it's good or bad or anything like that. It's always just, God, everything is so negative these days, dude. And I I wish that I could be one of those people that's like, I'm just going to turn off all social media. But I, you know, that's how I communicate with people. That's how I communicate with my friends, man is via social media and shit like that. And so it's it's hard for me. I definitely can, you know, I can do a lot more just, you know, scroll past, scroll past, scroll past. But, yeah, it's it's rough. It is. It's rough. The whole social media game and just, yeah, all of it. But, um, God, what else, man? What else was in the fucking news I wanted to talk about? Yeah, look, yeah, fucking, so, I do, okay, <laughs> I'm going to take another hit, I'm fucking, I wanted to talk about cancel culture a little bit. Because there's a lot of it going on. You got the Hugh Hefner stuff, which is, I mean, dude, that is some hardcore stuff, man. Like, because Hugh Hefner died some, you know, a few years ago and shit. If you don't know who Hugh Hefner was, 
he was the guy that started Playboy. Like, he's like the godfather of fucking smut, pretty much. Um, <coughs> now there's, you know, all this stuff from previous girlfriends and shit like that coming out, Holly Madison and everything, talking about, oh, it was so terrible living at the mansion, and, and I had to have sex with, you know, with random people and there was this and that and the other thing and all this stuff and and oh it was it was so terrible and and everything and and god i'm so half and half on it dude on this whole playboy thing because no woman should be made to do anything that she's and nobody should be made to do anything that that they don't want to do especially sexually um you know, but there's there's a little bit of a, of of a weirdness about this one though, because dude, okay, let's take Holly Madison for example. We're talking late '90s, early 2000s is when this girl moved into the mansion. It was her choice to move into the mansion, and now we're not just talking about some rich dude, you know, like Jeff Epstein, where it's all secretive and stuff. No, 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 no. We're talking about the Playboy fucking mansion, dude. There's documented history of the crazy wild sex parties that happen at this place. And hey, if you go to the Playboy mansion, you know, if you're invited to the Playboy mansion, you'll probably get laid. You know, like, they're, dude, going back to the fucking 50s and 60s, man, when it started, like, it's documented what happens at the Playboy mansion. So if you're a hot chick with big fake tits, blonde, petite, little playboy, little playmate girl, you know, play, playmate material, and they offer you a spot in the house, what do you think is going to be expected of you? I mean, like, I'm not saying it's right, but at the same time, it's like, it's not like you were blindsided by this shit, dude. Like you have to understand that you are a sexual object if you go into the play, if you move into the playboy mansion and participate in all the craziness that happens in the playboy mansion okay like you have to understand that this is well documented truthful things and i'm sure some of it was terrible i'm sure a lot of it was fucking terrible because there's a lot of terrible fucking human beings out there that do terrible things to other humans simply for their own, you know, self-gratification. I need a hit. I need a hit. Mad Max. Fury to witness me, blood bag. So that one's tough, man. You know, and I guess he had, you know, kind of like revenge porn pictures on a lot of them and and I'm not saying that Hugh Hefner was a fucking saint by any means, man. You know, but he definitely wasn't shy about what happened at that place. So it's like, dude, you know, yeah, man, <laughs> it, it that one's tough. But cancel culture in general, dude, like, you know, you got the Joe Rogan stuff and it comes out saying that, oh, he dropped the N-bomb a whole bunch of times and shit like that and and there's just there's all this cancel thing. My question is, and it, it is a circumstantial thing. It's it's, ba- you know, it's based on, you know, situation to situation because some people's situations of why they were canceled are heinous, raping children, you know, 
and you know doing crazy things. You know, Kevin Spacey. No, I loved Kevin Spacey as an actor, but you know he made moves on fucking you know underage boys and shit like that, dude. And that's not cool. You know, I don't care if you were drunk or not. That's not cool. But you know, there's I, basically what I'm saying is is my question about this whole thing is is there vindication for these people? Like, is there any way, is there any vindication for these people? Like, let's take Marilyn Manson, for example. Marilyn Manson's in a whole bunch of fucking trouble right now um, because of um, Evan Rachel Wood talking about her experiences and dating him and stuff like that. And a lot of people would go back to the, the, the Playboy stuff with that and be like, well, you knew who you were dating. But you don't. He's an artist. His art is his art. It doesn't necessarily reflect who exactly he is. Okay. Does it surprise me some of the shit that she has said? No. I mean, it, it surprises me in the ways of I've I've I was I was a Marilyn Manson fan. Shit, my dad w- um, even thought that you know that guy had a lot of good to say. You know, especially like when it came to like the Columbine stuff. You know, I remember there was a fucking interview with Marilyn Manson about Colum like shortly after Columbine when they were just blaming it all on him and shit. You know, they were like, you know, what would you say to those kids if, if you know, to uh, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris? What would you say to them if you if you could? He was like, I wouldn't say anything. I would listen to them. You know, that he's a smart guy. And I've always had a lot of respect for Marilyn Manson. Um, so this stuff, it was shocking to me and it hurt me just to to think that, wow, come on, man. I thought you were better than that. But at the same time... You know, you say that Marilyn Manson did something to to somebody. I mean, it's, I don't know how you could get a fucking uh, like uh, an impartial jury on something like that. You know, like, I don't know how you're basically cooked. But my question is, is there any vindication for him? Like if, it, you know, I'm not fucking advocating rape. Excuse me. Or anything like that. All I'm saying is, is that people make mistakes. People do bad shit. People do um, bad shit when they're drunk. People do bad shit in their past. And that's my thing is like, if Marilyn Manson came out right now and said, I did these things. I did these things. I was young. I was in, I was caught up in the Hollywood monster and I thought that I was God. For a little while and I got too big of a head on myself. So when a girl tells me no, I mean, you know, back in those days, I didn't care. I didn't care if she's, you know, like it it didn't compute for me because I was so I was so huge. I was put on such a pedestal and nobody said no to me, you know, but that was that person. And I am not that fucking evil ass person anymore. I I know what my mistakes are. And I know that I've done some terrible things. I would, if charges are out there for me right now, I would like to sit my jail time. I would like to to face this head on, and I want to apologize to the people who I have hurt. And and I know it probably won't make any difference, but I want to apologize to them. And I want you know, if you know you bring a lawsuit, I will not fight it. You know, if charges are brought up upon me about this heinous shit that I fucking did, I will not fight them at all. 
I will sit my time, even if it's 10 fucking years, 15 years, 20 years, I will sit my fucking time. If they come, if, if Marilyn Manson came out, you know, to Evan Rachel Wood and whoever else and said these things, you know, is there vindication for him? Like, is that enough to, I mean, obviously Evan Rachel Wood might not fucking might, you know, might not, uh, you know, she might not care, but then there also might be a little bit of her that's like, wow, I mean, you did something terrible to me, but thank you for taking, you know, taking responsibility for your actions and saying, I did something terrible. I did something illegal and I, I never want this to ever happen again. And I never want anybody to think that this will ever happen again with me. And I don't want my children to think that I'm ever going to do this thing, this again, but you just, I, I was in a different mind state at the, at that point in time. And, you know, I, I'm just wondering like if, if somebody actually came out and said these, you know, said, Hey man, I fucking did this. Could there be vindication for him when he gets out of jail? Would people be like, Hey, Manson's back, you know, like Marilyn Manson's back. And, you know, he just got done doing a fucking dime and a nickel for fucking, you know, raping and beating a woman or some shit, you know, whatever. And he did his time. Now he's out. And he wants to make music again. Is there vindication for somebody, you know, in the eyes of the public, the public eye? Because that's really what it all boils down to, man. I mean, court of public opinion is so huge these days when it comes to social media. And I mean, God, dude, almost you almost don't even want to be fucking famous because you just you never know what one fucking thing you might have said you know, that was in poor taste while you were drunk in a bar, you know, or something like that. I mean, shit, when it kind of kind of goes along with the whole Manson thing. When I was in uh, high school, and this was, you know, shortly after the, the Columbine shit and everything like that, I was in high school and somebody fucking overheard me talking to somebody else. And what I said was, was because I listened to Marilyn Manson. Oh, so that means that if I listen to Marilyn Manson, I'm going to come to school and shoot the school up tomorrow. And this dude heard it and thought, oh, this guy's going to come and shoot the school up tomorrow. So he went and fucking told the fucking principal and they fucking kicked me out of school. They didn't want to because I was like, no, dude, I didn't. This is what I said. And like, oh. as much as we want to believe you, man, like we have to do something. Like we, we have to do something. We have to kick you out of school for a few days. Like it's just, we have to do that. And it was like, okay, but it was like, you know, but it was, it was something stupid that I said that was taken out of, that was taken, you know, completely wrong, but it really wasn't even stupid. I was actually, I was having a conversation with somebody, but it ended up getting me kicked out of school, just having a conversation with somebody and just, you know, kind of like just playing that note of like debating myself, like, okay, so this doesn't make any sense to me. So if I do this, then that means that, you know, you know, cause and effect, like what? <laughs> you know, uh, makes my head hurt just thinking about it. But my question is, is there vindication for those people? You know, you know, there's not going to be vindication for, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell or whatever the fucker name is. Jeff Epstein's little British bunny. But yeah, that's that's tough. It's tough because it, it's situational, man. It's you know based based on the situation and the person and what their what their crimes were and stuff like that. Um, 
So, I mean, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy shit. Um, ah, fuck, dude. <coughs> you know, and like, okay, so some years ago, probably like 2016, 2017, something like that, probably 2017, I started doing stand up in about 2016. And uh, started it locally and stuff like that. And I branched out and I've, you know, been to other other towns and been paid to do stand up and stuff like that. Um, But when it started kind of becoming a thing in the town I was doing it in, the local paper, you know, did a story on it. They interviewed me and, you know, a couple other comedians and stuff and had my likeness in the paper a couple different times. They had a quote by me and they also had a picture of me up there. Um, and, and so the woman that uh, was kind of covering it for the local paper that was doing all this stuff and coming to all the shows and stuff like that, nice woman. Um, we seemed to kind of, you know, click and stuff. She's, you know, really, you know, really nice, really nice woman and stuff like that. And she, she liked what we did and what I did and interviewed me a couple times and stuff. And then I did a joke about, and it was, it was tasteless but it was more like an observational question. Like, like, I can't believe that this didn't happen, you know, because, but it was when Kim Kardashian was robbed in her hotel room. And I just said something like, you know, they, they went in there, they supposedly like tied her up to a chair or something like that. And then they robbed her and not one of them. Like, I'm kind of surprised that not one of them went over there and like, you know, fucking, squeezed on her boob or something and just been like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't even know why I thought it was funny. It was a joke that didn't land. It was a, it was an unfunny joke, but man, that girl to this day, that woman will not speak to me because of that. I actually asked her one time, I was like, you know, so, you know, we used to have a nice little conversation back and forth, you know, and you know, what, what happened? You know, you never really kind of told me why we're not friends anymore and stuff. And, she says because of that joke. And I was like, well, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I, it was a stupid joke. I've had a couple of stupid jokes that didn't land that were tasteless. And, you know, sometimes you just try shit out and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, sometimes it's not in the best of taste and that wasn't in the best of taste or anything like that. I wasn't saying I wish that she would have been raped or anything like that. It was just, you know, like, I kind of can't believe that not one of these dudes went over to him and was like honka honka, you know? And I know it's not, it's not funny. It's just, it was an observational joke that didn't land and it was tasteless. But to this day, you know, I, you know, she will not like talk to me. And I, I asked her and she told me it was because of that joke. And I, I apologized profusely. And I was like, well, you know, there's been a couple jokes in my repertoire that I will, you know, that I, will never do again and stuff. And that's one of them, you know, and I'm really, really sorry that, you know, that I, you know, went into those, into those waters there with that joke. And she's like, I appreciate your apology, but you know, the damage is already done. And it's like, wow, dude, really? Like, really? Like, holy shit, man. Okay. So, you know, happens, man. It happens. But I'm just wondering, you know, is there vindication for people? You know, can people actually just apologize for saying something stupid and tasteless, you know, and and actually, you know, 
or doing something stupid, heinous, tasteless, terrible, abusive, whatever, you know, is there vindication for people? You know, would would America, would the world even want to, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> We're going to smoke a little bit more of this stuff. So I have a couple of things about the iPhone or just the phone in general. I think they need to make backgrounds on phones a little bit more like interactive. Like, and I don't know, I'm an iPhone guy, so maybe that's just iPhone. But, you know, I wish that I could like, you know, put like GIFs or something as my background or, you know, cool little screensaver things from like the 90s, like the dudes flying, the toilets flying with the dudes crapping on them and like the flying toasters and stuff. Like, that'd be cool to put as my background. Um, so yeah, I think they need to do that, but then I have a fucking idea for this, um, uh, this app, I have an idea for an app. So this is my million dollar app idea, but it's, it's, it's gotta be like a, it's a secret app. It's a secret app that you put on somebody's phone and it doesn't have an icon or anything like that. It just sits in there. It just sits in there, and they don't know it, but the, it'll listen to you, and like any time that you're around your phone, you're talking on your phone, even if your phone's sitting there, you know, like, you know, the screen's off and stuff like that, just sitting there next to you or in your pocket, you know, it's it, it can still hear you, you know, kind of like Alexa and shit like that. Um, you know, anytime you type it, if you type, say, speak on the phone, near the phone, if somebody else on the phone says these words, oh no. If the words oh no are said around or on the phone, it immediately goes red and the Kool-Aid man face fucking pops up and it goes, oh yeah. I, and everybody hears it. Like the person that they're talking to hears it on the phone. Everybody around you hears it on the phone. Just, oh yeah. Fucking, I think that'd be great. You know, like you're sitting there talking to your friend on the phone. Oh, he thinks he thinks you're really cute. No, really. Oh yeah, yeah. He think oh, he wants to take you out. Oh no. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> I just think it'd be great. Just just have it pop up all of a sudden, just randomly, and just all of a sudden. Oh no. Oh yeah. It'd be great. But then there's like a darker side to it too. Where it's like, you know, woman's like fucking sitting there and, <laughs> uh, oh, what was the, I, I, cause I was talking to a buddy of mine about this last night. What was the fucking thing I said? Oh, you're just sitting there, you're, you know, a woman's sitting there at a table, you know, at a restaurant or something like that. And the fucking waiter comes up and, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, miss that, you know. But you know your 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 steak got dropped on the floor, so we're making you another one. She's like, oh no, oh yeah, you know, and you know you're sitting in church, and all of a sudden you know he speaketh to the goats, and then 
Jesus said, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Like the whole place just fucking hears it. But then it gets really darker, man. You know, because then you got that situation where you're sitting there and you go, you got on the phone, your relatives like your relative passed away and they rolled their car three times and got decapitated. And there's just like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Fucking, you know, ma'am, are you still with me? Yes, I'm hiding in the closet. There's somebody in the house. They're coming up the stairs. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, it's terrible, but it's fucking great. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my app idea. <laughs> Spotlight on a band, man. I've been listening to, like, everything that Portishead has ever put out. If you ever heard of Portishead, if you haven't heard of Portishead, they're a band from, I think it's like Sussex, England or something like that. Um, but they've only made three albums and they've only like played like a handful of shows since like 1993 or four or something when their first album came out, uh, Portishead Dummy. And that's supposedly, they hate the term, they hate being labeled it, but um, uh, the birth of Trip Hop that Portishead was like the, you know, that band was like one of the first to kind of, you know, inspire trip hop. And they don't, they don't like that term, I guess. Um, but that's kind of the, the genre it's, it's weird, man. It's weird stuff. They have a, there's a girl that sings and I think there's a guitar player and a, a multi-instrumentalist, um, that does a lot of different like weird stuff, like DJing stuff, but it's weird. And, um, yeah, it's it's really it's quite dark, but it's really like dude, it, it it encompasses a lot of things. It's like Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball, according to Mindy Kaling in that fucking movie. Oh, and I think it was a, this is the end or something like that with Seth Rogen and, and shit like that and James Franco, canceled fucking actor. Um um and I mean, yeah, he was, you know, fucking around with underage girls. But anyways, um, Mindy Kaling said, Wrecking Ball, I could run to it. I could fuck to it. I, you know, like Portis had, dude, like I can, I can listen to it when I'm, when I'm working. I can, you know, it, it's, it's good to, you know, listen to in the car. It's good to listen to in the shower. It's good. To, it's, it's good baby making music. It really is like it. Portis head, man, check out Portis head. Like they have a song called glory box. That's kind of their big one. You might've heard it. Um, if not, I mean, I highly recommend checking it out, but really like start with it's, um, I think it's the first album is Portis head dummy. Second one is Portis head, Portis head. And the third one is, I think it's just Portis head three. Um, uh, but I've gone through all the albums and I think that, that they all speak to me on different levels and stuff, but dummy is really, really good. The first album is really, really good. They're all really good. I mean, honestly, it's, it could all just kind of modge together for all I care. It's one of those bands that's just fucking good. And they only made three albums and, and they've just kind of, you know, you, if you've never heard of Portishead, I mean, it's, you know, it's because they didn't really care if you heard about them. They just, they did it for the art pretty much. 
Um, so yeah, check out Portishead stuff, man. And like, you can go on YouTube and just like listen to the full Portishead dummy album if you want. I mean, go out and buy it if you, you know, if you want to support the band and stuff, but I'm just letting you know, they're, you know, I don't think that they're going to (laughs) mind, but, um, yeah. So Portishead, check them out. They are good shit. Sorry. I forgot to put my phone on. Fucking shit. You know, okay, so I want to get a little spiritual with you here, you know? Like, we have all these, like, alternate universe movies coming out and stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, one of the things I kind of thought about this the other night, and it's not the craziest thing to think about. And it's kind of like a stoner thing. I don't know. Bad backs, fury toad. So, <coughs> you ever have those feelings like you've met somebody before? You know, like you're just standing there and all of a sudden, checkout person, somebody, you know, that you pass by in the grocery store or something like that. And, you know, like you could be somewhere where there's no feasible, logical way that I know anybody in this place. You know, you know, you could be in a completely different state where, you know, nobody and you see somebody like, wow, like, why do I feel like I've met you before? And I have a theory. It's not, you know, I don't know. It's my theory. But what if that is kind of like the universe, the, the multiverse crashing into itself a little bit, you know, because in a different universe, this person was a part of your life in in a different universe. This person is a part of your life or in a different life. This person was a part of your life. And it's, you know, like, but I want to not really multiple, like, you know, like incarnate, like reincarnation or anything. I'm talking about universes, like, parallel to our universe but different than our universe um i just think it's interesting to think of like maybe that's maybe that's what it is maybe it's like there's something about the fact that in a different universe because here's the thing man i can i can clock back like i can tick back everything with my wife and i to meeting one person and it's, it's a girl that I went to high school with named Kristen. And Kristen and I smoked weed together and hung out. And she was like, she had a boyfriend that she called Little Me, like Little little Tony. Because, like, we kind of looked alike, but he was smaller than me. Um, but uh, she was like, you should come and work at, at Pizza Hut with me. And my boyfriend and stuff. And I was like... You know, I hated the jobs that I had and stuff like that. And I was like, she's like, yeah, it's super, super chill. And she come work at Pizza Hut, be a waiter. And I was like, shit, yeah, dude, let's do it. So I went over and I fucking worked at Pizza Hut. Okay. And I loved it. I loved working at Pizza Hut. Well, I moved after high school back to my hometown. And I was like, I loved working at Pizza Hut. So I went and got a job at Pizza Hut. Pretty much, I mean, it, did, it wasn't a transfer or anything, but I pretty much transferred from one Pizza Hut to the other. And 
through there, I met a girl who introduced me to her dealer, <laughs> like her weed dealer, who introduced me to her weed dealer, who um, introduced me to a friend who introduced me to my wife. And so it, it was is very complex, but it all started with Kristen in high school. You know, and if I never met Kristen or if I never hung out with Kristen, I might not have ever worked at Pizza Hut. And then I might not have ever thought to get a job at Pizza Hut when I went when I went home. So, yeah, it's 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 really, really weird. So it's like, you know, if I never met Kristen, I probably still would have went home, but I probably wouldn't have gotten a job at Pizza Hut. I probably wouldn't have met my wife, at least through that, you know, and. So who else, you know, where else would, would have my, you know, in a different universe, I never met, I never, you know, met Kristen. And so that domino, that chain reaction never fucking brought me to my wife. So there's a universe where I never met her, but I still met my wife through different circumstances. But there is a universe out there where probably multiple universes out there where I never met my wife. And my life take might have taken different turns and shit like that, dude. And these people that I see, male and female, might be commingling with myself in a different universe. And maybe that's kind of like the universe kind of crashing into itself a little bit, but not a lot. Just enough to make you notice. I don't know. It's weird. weird um hey man spotlight on a movie i wanted to if you've never seen the movie inner space it's a joe dante movie from like 1987 and it's uh it's got martin short and meg ryan and dennis quaid in it and it's like dennis quaid back i personally think that if they would have made a deadpool movie in like the eighties that Dennis Quaid should have played Deadpool. I think that he was, he was kind of the eighties version of our Ryan Reynolds, you know? Um, and that I always loved Dennis Quaid in those movies where he played just a smart ass, but inner space was one of the best fucking ones, dude. And it's, I'm going to try to sum it up for you really quickly. So Dennis Quaid is like ex air force and he was, he's kind of washed out and shit. So, um, this company, who was developing this weird technology needed somebody to fucking test it on. And so, but they needed to be a pilot. So they got this washed out dude, um, to come in and volunteer for this fucking project. The project was they're going to put him in this thing called a pod, which is, you know, it's like a little ship, just like a little personal, like he sits down in it and you know, he can't really, you know, it's, it's like the fucking, uh, cab of a car, you know, he doesn't have a lot of room, but there's enough room. Um, but it's this submersible pod and they're going to shrink it and him down to microscopic levels. And they're going to inject him into a rabbit and he's going to go around in the rabbit and, and like in, in the pod and stuff like that. And that's his mission is just to see if, you know, if they could do it. Well, of course, somebody finds out, the bad guys find out that they're doing this, and so they come and try to steal the fucking technology. Well, the doctor ends up fucking 
taken off with like fucking the the dude like shrunk down in this syringe um and he's running from these people and he ends up bumping into Martin Short and he ends up injecting Martin Short with with Dennis Quaid and and it like a really cool adventure slash action slash comedy film ensues after that. And it's fucking awesome. And like, that's one of those movie vehicles that like you don't see. Like the movie was probably, probably came out around like in 87, dude, there were so many fucking good movies coming out those days that it probably just got lost in the, in the fucking mix, dude. But that was a really great fucking movie. And Check it out, Inner Space, if you can find it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but you know you should check it out if you have the opportunity to to watch a really cool '80s and and, and dude like the uh, the special effects. I mean, you you literally have a guy floating around a human body in a little pod, you know, going through veins and and you know going into the ear canal and all you know all sorts of weird shit. Like, dude, you'd think that it was pretty cheesy, but the fucking uh, effects in that movie like the practical effects that they did and everything were fucking amazing dude so check it out inner space dennis quaid martin short meg ryan good good fucking movie and hey for ladies you get to see like 80s dennis quaid butt in that movie yeah but it's great it's so fucking hilarious dude and it introduced me to sam cook um uh he was a singer back in the fucking day one of the greatest fucking voices of all time, if you ask me, Sam Cooke. Um, introduced me to Sam Cooke's music, and I love Sam Cooke's music to this day because of it. And, yeah, that stands as, like, one of my favorite fucking, like, movies from the 80s that was just kind of lost in the mix. Inner Space is really fucking good, dude. Really, really good movie. Um, now I'm going to talk about the fucking book of boba fett a little bit oh you know what before i do that i wanted to i I, so before i get into star wars i gotta start i got fucking banned from facebook dude i got banned from fucking facebook and i'll tell you why i got banned from facebook i'm a part of a lot of star trek sites i like star trek And one of the questions was, what is your favorite line from Worf in the movies and television? What is your favorite line from Worf? And a lot of people were saying a lot of stuff, but one thing fucking came came out. And that was, and it, it wasn't the line itself. It was just how it was delivered. And it was, you know... Uh, you know, it's like Pacino saying, I know it was you, Fredo, you know, and you broke my heart. You know, it's just, it's just the way that, it's, that it was said, but it was, it's war from first contact. And Picard is uh, not wanting to, like, you know, retreat from fighting the Borg. And he's kind of going nuts about it, kind of, you know, Captain Ahab, Moby Dick shit. And, um, and he looks at Worf, and Worf is a Klingon. And Klingons are all about honor and respect and, like, dying in battle. And they're, like, fucking, like, nuts. They're, like, you know, you don't fuck with Klingons, man. Like, I remember, like, there was a scene in one of the shows where they were showing, like, a Klingon fucking, you know, 
bunch of Klingons hanging out, and like a couple of them are like arm wrestling. They got fucking the knives on either side, so whoever fucking loses gets their gets fucking stabbed in the hand and shit. Like they're nuts, dude. So Worf's like, we need to retreat, and Picard goes, you want to you want to turn around and run away, you coward. And like, dude, you don't fucking call a Klingon a coward, man. But Worf just like gets in his face, and just the the way that Michael Dorn delivered it, man. He was just like, if you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. And then Picard goes, get off my bridge. Oh my God, I was just, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, but yeah, dude, like that's, it was amazing. And um, so that's what I put. I didn't put it in quotes though. But I put, if you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. But I didn't put it in quotes. Whoops. I get banned from Facebook, like restricted to Facebook for a month. It says that like my posts are being like, you know, not viewed a lot because of it. Like they're put down on the bottom of the of the feed or something like that because of it. Fuck you, Facebook. You know, like, come on, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't put the fucking quotations in. I'm sorry. Sorry. But, um, yeah, so, but anyways, <laughs> my buddy wanted to know why I fucking got restricted on Facebook and I like, I, I can't type it out to you, bud, you know? So I told him, Hey, listen to the podcast today. I'll fucking, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all about it. But, um, uh, there's, um, so yeah, book of Boba Fett ended and I watched it and it was, it had its it had a couple of cool little scenes in it and stuff like that but was i really like drawn into it no did it really satisfy me no and people were like oh spoilers okay spoilers when people were like oh when he rides the rancor and everything and first of all okay yeah but why isn't like the rain he's riding the rancor so he can fucking he can fucking beat these droid fucking big ass fucking droid machines that have huge shields and shit. Well, they get through the shields. So why isn't Boba Fett start fucking laying waste to this fucking thing? He's just sitting there riding it and shit. And it's like, dude, grab your fucking gun and start fucking laying waste to this goddamn thing, dude. While the Rancor's fucking it up. I guess maybe he needed both hands to like make sure the rancor was doing i don't fucking know dude but jesus christ um and i thought that i still think the the gamorians look terrible i still think they look terrible and when grogu shows up and the rancor is running fucking loose through the city and uh fucking grogu comes out and fucking does the force thing and fucking put basically puts him to fucking sleep i just that was such a great moment to put in the fucking, the Star Wars that, fuck. You know, like that would have been great. That would have been a perfect time to put that, like that's like the force music, man. You know, John Williams and shit. And, you know, like that would have been fucking perfect just right there because he's using the force and shit. And he made the decision to not fucking stay with Luke. I wouldn't have either, man. That looked like a boring ass fucking training sesh. But um, I don't know, man. I just 
there's so much fat. Like now that the whole thing is done, there's so much fat to it that it's just, it's kind of, it's, I think if they trimmed a whole bunch of fat off of it, it would have made a cool movie. But at the same time, I, it just, it, it didn't do it for me, man. And I think that they, the whole desert aspect of everything is really kind of bugging me. Um, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. Like, not a lot has felt like Star Wars to me in a long time. And I think the last time that I really, I mean, dude, The Mandalorian was really good. Like, I really enjoyed that show. And that's pretty much the only thing that saved this show was The Mandalorian showing up. Um, that end fucking scene with Luke from The Mandalorian and stuff like that, season two, like that, I, I felt it. You know, I felt it right there. I felt it in Rogue One at the end when Vader showed up and shit. I felt it, you know, um, and, and, and just a lot of different aspects with Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue One was an amazing fucking movie. Um, but I felt it when at the end of uh, The Force Awakens, when Rey was standing there with Luke's fucking lightsaber in, in her hand, holding it out to him and just that look on his face and the music and everything. And Oh my God, dude, I, I was, Oh, I was so excited for the next one. And then it just fucking fucked, <laughs> but no, I just, I don't know, man. I might try to watch the whole thing now, like the book of Boba Fett again, you know, just to, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, like I watched Idiocracy like once or twice before I really like figured out it's genius. So maybe I, maybe I need to give it some, uh, you know, some different chances here, you know, but I'm just going to say like, you know, if I was given like, you know, you know, one to five, you know, Tony thumbs up for it, I would say maybe a three. I just, it didn't hit me. Like there was, there was really no parts in that show that really fucking hit me man and yeah yeah like there's there's moments dude where i'll fucking tear up and i have no problem saying that i'll fucking tear up so and that's kind of you know if a movie can make me tear up in in like that that makes it a movie show or whatever but, you know, also just edge of your seat shit, too. And I was not on the edge of my seat at all in that fucking show. And when Cad Bane showed up at the end of the sixth episode and stuff like that, like a whole bunch of nerds were getting a whole bunch of nerd boners about it. And, like, dude, I didn't watch all that fucking animated bullshit. Like, I, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of series of things. So I don't know, you know, and everybody's just crapping themselves over this stuff. And I just, you know, I don't know. It just, it didn't do it for me, man. It just didn't do it for me. But like I said, I might give it another chance. Now that it's all out, I'll just watch it again. Um, but yeah. So yeah, man, this, this is about cash.
So you guys, thank you for listening to Snurbage the Podcast. I'm Tony Tone, and uh, this was uh, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Toad is what we were smoking today. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. The names of some of this shit. Um, so, yeah, that's what we were smoking. Thanks for joining me for Snurbage the Podcast. Um, happy Valentine's Day a few days early. Happy Valentine's Day to my lovely wife. And she is, uh, she's awesome. And I love her to death. So, uh, and happy Valentine's Day to my kids because I love them so much. Not in like a romantic way, you know. But you say you, you know, you say you love people on Valentine's Day. What the fuck? But anyways, you guys take it easy. Thanks for, thanks for joining me to my three listeners. I'll smoke with you guys soon. And, uh, yeah. So, have a good one. And we'll see you next time. Take it away, young stone. Hey. Now, I've been smoking. You've been smoking. We've been smoking all day. I be smoking. You've been smoking. We've been smoking all day. You be smoking. She be smoking. He be smoking all day. Blowing kush. It ain't face from overseas to the I got that blueberry, raspberry, and we keep that juicy fruit. If you want that five-hour level, yeah, we got that.